what are your favorite industries for somebody to get into? So it would be like solar. Okay, this is a disclaimer because yep. we train 158 industries. Yep. I'm going to have clients that watch this. They're like, uh -oh. what? You didn't say my industry? Yeah. We, I mean, we, you know, every industry that we train, mm -hmm. uh, we have salespeople in there that make a ton of money. I just, I want to put that disclaimer out. Yep. We don't have industries who are like, yeah, they're the best salesperson, but they can't even make multiple mm -hmm. six figures. It's not reality. When you have the right skills, you can make money anywhere. Absolutely. But two of the biggest industries we see continually over and over because we have a little bit over 15,000 testimonials mm -hmm. in the last two and a half years from just individual clients and stuff like that two of the biggest ones we see make the most money it might surprise some of you is life insurance mm -hmm. so like uh, final expense mortgage protection uh, annuities that type of thing life insurance uh, and solar so those are two really, really big industries where we see people make a lot of money that know how to sell. It's not like the average solar salesperson makes a hundred grand a month in commissions. I'd say the average solar salesman makes six or seven grand a month, but you acquire the right skills. There's opportunity there. We have clients that make a hundred, 150,000 a month. that are individual salespeople knocking on doors or they take appointments on Zoom, like virtual appointments. Mm -hmm. They make 100 grand, 150 grand a month wow. in commissions. They don't own wow. the company. Yeah. They're just salespeople. That's so, impressive. same thing with life insurance. We got life insurance agents that, you know, we train that started, you know, they're making five, six grand a month, teaching the right skills. Now they're making 40, 50, 80 grand a month in commissions, mm -hmm. working from their home on the phone. That's it's incredible. Impressive. You learn the right skills, you really do anything. But those are two industries that come to my mind right off the bat. I know gotcha. there's others. Yep. Everybody yep. out there, there's others. Like medical device is a big one. Mm -hmm. B2B sales, that's a huge. You learn the right skills and how to navigate into different companies and hospitals and how to get the right people, the decision makers on board. You can, you know, we got people in there that make a million dollars a year selling wow. medical device just as employees. That's impressive. Yeah. I know like a lot of people, like they think tech is the route to take, right? I like because SaaS. They, yeah, we got, like we got SaaS a lot. Is good. SaaS yeah. is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I have to, I'd say that's like the third or fourth one. Like yeah. cybersecurity is a big one. Mm -hmm. That's a big. There's so many industries coming so in my many. mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. I, I, I think the thing that I like about you know solar and these yeah. other ones is like yeah. the ups. The, the ceiling is so much higher, right? Yeah. When you have a yeah. tech company, you might have a great salary. Yeah. You might still be able to you know clear three yeah. five hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year, perhaps. But yeah. there is. At some point, a there's bit, a ceiling, a bit of a ceiling, you know, and that's a, that's a thing that I always, I always tell salespeople, like when I, when I went, it's like, I started door to door, mm -hmm. so it's straight commission. Yeah. So that's where I started learning. Like, I don't think I'd ever want to sell. I've quite literally have never been paid a salary. When yeah. I started the company and the, 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 the attorney's like, Hey, you have to start paying yourself a salary. That was a, literally the first time wow. I'd ever been paid a salary. It was always straight commission. So when I went into B2B, most of it was like probably 60, 70% salary with some upside with commissions. And I negotiated cause they recruited me because mm -hmm. of my success in the other industry. And I, I negotiated with them to be, I don't like, I don't want any salary. I want straight commission, but instead of paying me 6% a deal, you're going to pay me 10.2% a deal, mm. straight commission. They're like, okay, what do we got to lose? Probably later on, they're like, oh shit, we should have yeah, just paid them a salary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so every job I went into after that, I always negotiated straight commission because yeah. I didn't want to sell. I knew I'd be, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to make seven figures a year if I was on a salary. Very and hard that, to do It was that. just funny because that's exactly how some of the salespeople who were trained by you yeah. come and come to us and they're like, actually, like, because we used to offer salaries and because yeah. my background is, I came actually from like the sure. tech sales area. Yeah. And so I was like, everybody wants a salary, right? And then- Not if when, you know how to really sell well. Exactly, right? So then when we started um, recruiting and yeah. hiring people, we'd say, okay, you know, we have salary plus commissions. They're like, actually- no, I just want to be straight commission. And same thing, like, absolutely, come on in. There's no risk for Yeah, you. no risk for us. And they come and crush it for us. So it's been yeah, great. And yeah, yeah that's because I always tell salespeople, like, you want to negotiate, like, 
like no salary. You want like straight commission. The mm -hmm. only people that want like a high salary in sales, I hate to say it, are people that are not confident in their selling ability. Yeah. Because if you're confident in your sales ability, you why wouldn't you want to get paid like let's say 10 to 12% commission per sale rather than five or 6% with the salary. Exactly. You would only want a high salary because you're not confident in your sales ability. And that's mm -hmm. just because you haven't acquired the right skills yet. Yep. And so how would somebody go acquire the right skills? Well, besides that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, you, you know, you want to, you want to look at, at, at training that, like I said, here's the, the catch that works with human behavior rather than works against it. Mm -hmm. You know, good place that, you know, we we'll always let them, you know, I told Ryan, we'd let anybody on the podcast, join our free Facebook group, okay. salesrevolution.pro. I think my assistant sent over to you. We have 70 some thousand salespeople in, in that. And we go live in there two or three times a week, different Q and A's, different mm -hmm. trainings. And uh, if they join, uh, I told Ryan, we would do it. Yep. They need to DM me in the DMs and somebody on my team say, hey, you know, I was on Hobby's podcast. I heard mm -hmm. you speak. Uh, can I have the black book of NEPQ questions? And okay. we'll just give them the black book of NEPQ questions for free. It's like 58 page document. It's like 273 different NEPQ questions used for different situations. Yep. We download it. Give, a little, give them a little nibble. Mm -hmm. Now you have to learn the right tonality and the little tweaks for the industries. Mm -hmm. That's in our advanced training, but that'll give them kind of a nibble where they can see what we're all about. Good start. Nice. Yeah, which is great. And you bring up tonality. So yeah. I, I forget the stat, but it's like, you know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And with communication, it's, you know, I think like 60% tonality. 73%. 73, tone yeah. and body language, not mm -hmm. the word you say. And every sales trainer says that because they just copy and paste it from sales trainers back from the 40s and 50s. Yeah. But they don't teach it because they don't understand it. If you don't have a background in social dynamics or sociology or behavioral science, you wouldn't understand how the brain works. You're just transactional sales training, right? Um, so, so how would somebody, as we do, like, what is that? And in, in a short version, like, what is that tonality? Like, how do you want to come across versus yeah. like the traditional salesperson? There's four types of tone, but they have to be, you have to learn how to use them in different situations. Cause if you use them in the wrong situation, it's going to come off weird. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I'm cold calling to a complete stranger, I got their name and phone number off LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I'm calling a business, right? Or I'm calling a C-level executive, okay? If I'm cold calling, a lot of people are like, you have to sound like you're really important. You have to sound like you're mm -hmm. the big thing. And I'm like, well, that's what every salesperson sounds. Yeah. But you're a complete stranger to them. You have zero trust and credibility. They could give a rat's ass about you. You're trying to sell them something. So in the beginning of a cold call, this would be completely different if it's an outbound lead or inbound lead. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of a cold call, I'm almost sounding confused, like I need help. The way the brain works, the human brain, like you say you're a grandpa, you're walking in a gas station, you can't get your GPS to work, and you're like, uh, can somebody help me get to my daughter's? There's 12 people. Yeah, I can help you. Like you want to come help people. So if I'm cold calling, it's all in my tone. Yeah, so let's, I'm just going to yeah, do well, a generic mm -hmm. thing here. So somebody answers, phone. yeah, is this John? Y yeah, John, uh, Jeremy Miner, I was wondering if you could possibly um, help me out for a moment. See that confused tone? Yeah. Sure, how can I help you? What's this like? Well, and I'm not even quite sure if you're the right person I should be talking to, but I called to see um, who in your company would be responsible for looking at any hidden gaps in your blank that could be causing the firm to blank. Who should I be talking to about that? Mm -hmm. See, I'm coming from a confused tone. Like, I'm not sure he's the right person I should be talking to, even mm -hmm. though I probably, probably do is. know it is. Yeah. Okay. And if I'm not, he's going to write. But the keywords I said, who would be responsible? 
So the C-level executive, like, oh, I'm responsible for that. Yeah. See, I put the responsible because it triggers them like, oh, I'm responsible. For looking at any hidden gaps. See, hidden gaps is a curious thing. Like, what do you mean by, a lot of times you do that, but like, what do you mean by hidden gaps? Mm -hmm. Or who is this again? Or what's this all about? That's what you want. You want to trigger engagement, trigger curiosity. But in the beginning, see, I was confused. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Miner, I was wondering if you could possibly um, help me out for a moment. See, I'm okay. confused. Yep. Sure, how can I, that's what you're going to, how can I help you? Or who is this? Or what's going on? Most sales people are like, yeah, is this John? Hey, John, yeah, it's Jeremy Miner. I'm with XYZ Company, sir. And the reason why I was calling you today, click. It's like yeah. over, because that's what every salesperson mm -hmm. does. So instantly, your prospect's fight or flight survival mode part of their brain goes into effect. Anytime mm -hmm. they hear or oh. feel a tone or like a sound or certain words that every salesperson says has ever tried to sell them, you're instantly triggering their fight or flight mode where they try to get rid of you. You were the one causing that as a salesperson. Now, it's not your fault. <laughs> That's what you're forced to learn. Not your fault, but like my CEO says, it is your problem. Mm, yep. So not your fault you're trained that way but it is your problem. So you might want to do something about that. But that's an example of a confused tone. Now, there's other questions in the sales process that require more of a curious tone. Okay. You know, Ryan, you guys do one of your companies, you, you do like social media, how to brand yourself, get more leads. So I might lean in and my first situation question, we would call like to find out their current situation. I might lean in and say, uh, so John, can you can you maybe walk me through what you guys are doing to, to acquire new leads and, and clients just so I have more understanding? See, that's a curious okay. tone. Okay. Your tone is how the prospect interprets the intention behind your words, okay? So let me give you another example of this. And I've got to move around for this. I'm going to okay. show you my body language. So let's say that you're angry with somebody mm -hmm. outside of sales, okay? So you're angry at your child. If you raise your hands and yell like this, hey, I told you that you shouldn't do that. How do you think that they're going to interpret that tone and my hands? They're actually going to interpret that as I'm, I'm like against them, like I'm angry at them. Mm -hmm. But if I go like this and put my hand on my chest, hey, I told you that you shouldn't do that, and I have this mm -hmm. hand on the chest. What does that mean? Changes everything. It changes yeah. how they view you. They they now view you as like disappointed in their behavior, not angry. So it's just just by the hands, by me putting my hand here on my chest when I'm yelling at somebody, they're going to interpret that I'm disappointed, not angry mm -hmm. like this it's just a body language yeah love that so there's so all there these little three, things that so add up what's okay. the last one so okay so you, you got now the second one oh, so there's okay, four. four so you got yep. the confused tone the curious tone mm -hmm. confused tone you're only really you you lose it here and there but it's not used a lot it's mainly in cold call in the beginning yep. but not throughout the conversation mm -hmm. curious tone triggers curiosity that's why they're asking me the mm -hmm. question and then three-fourths into the conversation, I can use more of a skeptical or challenging tone. Now, I can't use a skeptical or challenging tone in the first two minutes because I don't have much trust or credibility with that new prospect, mm -hmm. right? So I might lean in and, and ask what's called an NEPQ consequence question. So let's say you're staying in the, the same lead generation mm -hmm. and they want a higher quality lead and they've told you in that conversation that the leads they have, the salespeople are having a hard time getting a hold of them, mm -hmm. they're spending money, the sales are stagnating. So I'm gonna use that in my consequence question. I'm gonna take what they've told me and wrap that into the consequence. Okay, and I'm gonna start off with a skeptical tone, okay. okay, to raise their emotion and I'm gonna end with a concern tone. So they feel like I'm concerned for them mm. if it doesn't change. When okay. I, they feel like I'm concerned for them, they feel like I understand them, okay? And people always buy from companies and people who they feel like understand their unique situation the so most. not who they like right? and trust. 
who they trust can get them the best results, Ooh, okay. not who they just like. Yep. There's a difference. See, that comes in. I want to go back. Let's yep. come back to that book, Dale yep. Carnegie. I want to mm -hmm. come back to because it's an important subject. Yeah, yeah. So, so I might lean and be like, okay, but what? So skeptical chat. Okay, but what happens if you guys don't do anything about this and you keep getting these lower quality leads to your salespeople? And like you said, sales keep going down even the next three months. Like what would happen to your job at that point? Like what would happen to your job at that point? And mm -hmm. I go into that concern tone where I'm concerned for them. Yep. Oh, I don't know what I would do. I'm, well, do you want to have to go through all that if you, I mean, if you didn't have to? Concern tone. No, if I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's important for you to do something. That, oh, for sure. See how I'm just, I'm getting them to do the work, right? So I'm skeptical. I raise their emotions. So what, what happens? Notice my voice is yeah. talking faster and then I slow down at the end. What happens if you don't do anything about this and you keep getting these lower quality leads and your salespeople can't get a hold of them? Like, what would happen to you at that point? Mm. Concern tone. Yeah. See, they're going to interpret that I'm now concerned for them. And that causes them to open up emotionally. If they don't, if they feel like I'm just trying to sell them, they close down emotionally. And human beings make buying decisions on emotion, not logic. So if your prospects stay surface level with you, that's when you get a lot of, I want to think it over, mm -hmm. or do more research. Like you're triggering them to do that because you can't get them to open up emotionally.